I say this a lot, but, but I want to admit to you this morning that I am incredibly excited about God's word today. And, and the reason is this, so I, let, me, let me tell you how this works. I, I will write my sermon earlier on in the week, and then usually on Friday and Saturday I'll take it out, and I'll look over it and make some changes. And, and, and so last night I was sitting there working through my sermon, just looking over it, and then I, I brought up the song that we're going to sing here at the end and started listening to it, and I want you to know that my hands were both a pie sitting in the family room at midnight. My hands were up like this and I was praising God with everything I have because God is good. And I know from walking in this morning and shaking your hands and talking to you that some of you this morning are going through pretty tough stuff. Some of you this morning have had pretty tough weeks. But I want you to know today that God is good. And the stuff that you're facing, what we're going to talk about today, is the stuff that you're facing is temporary. But God's kingdom and God's love and God's faithfulness are forever. And so, so today we have a key word. We're going to have some fun here. By the way, our kids are with us, so the kids are actually going to help me here in a little bit. Um, once a month we have our kids come in and join us in family worship, and so the kids are going to come help me with my sermon here in a second. But, but today, we're going to do a Sesame Street thing. We have a word of the day. The word of the day is forever. Turn to someone next to you and say forever. Okay, so in, in my house, you can't just say the word forever. You have to say it like they say it in the sandlot, forever. So let me tell you how this plays out. The kids are misbehaving. I say, you better stop it. They don't stop it. I say, you better stop it. You're going to get it. They don't stop it. And then I say, if you don't stop it, you're going to be grounded forever. Forever. So the word, turn to the person next to you and say, forever. That's, uh, you guys sounded good. That's louder than I heard in the singing. You guys like the sandlot, huh? Well, well um, that's our word of the day. I want to ask you something. Have you ever experienced something in your life that you thought was going to last forever? I remember, I, you may remember this several months ago, I talked about our trip up to Canada. We went to a wedding up on a mountain in Squamish. Well, I guess it's... Uh, British Columbia, but I don't know my, my um, whatever it's called. Someone help me out. I'm falling apart here. My, my geography, thank you. Um, and so, so we went up to a wedding, and it was up on a mountain, and the first night we went to, um, to a dinner with all of these people that were in the wedding, and it was at this restaurant, and it had these huge windows, and we sat at this table looking out these windows, and right outside the windows, I mean, it was probably several hundred yards away, but it was looking right at the, the rock face of this big mountain that they call the chief. And, and I talked about this earlier when, I, when, I, when we were talking about the chief and us climbing the chief. But as, as a man or maybe just my personality, when I see a mountain, I immediately think, could I climb that? Could I climb that mountain? That's the first thing that comes into my head, we went over out west a couple years ago, and the whole time I'm thinking, could I climb that? I, I could climb that. That one probably, no, I could climb that. And so we're looking at the chief. It's this incredible, I mean, it's a straight up um, kind of cliff with a mountain around it. It's super tall. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I was like, I'm going to climb that. I'm going to prove to myself that I can climb that. And I shared with you before that we did. 
we did it. The last day we were there, I said, Megan, let's get up and let's go climb the chief. And so we did it, and, and I shared that with you before, but I didn't share with you all the details of the climbing of the chief. So you probably think, wow, this guy climbs mountains, right? Or you think, no, we all do that. Any of you impressed by the fact that I climbed a mountain that you don't even know how tall it is? Right, well, thank you, thank you, yeah. Well, let me tell you more about um, our climb up the chief. So we went, we parked, we got out, there were restrooms there. We realized that, you know, we're going on a big hike, we probably need to use the restrooms, and so then we get onto the hike, and I mean, I'm telling you, it was like a quarter mile, maybe a half mile, just to get to the hike. And so the whole time I'm walking and I'm thinking, I hope this is part of our experience. Like, I hope we're getting closer here. So then we get to the stairs. And, and the climb up to the chief has just stairs after stairs after stairs after stairs after stairs. And so we get to the stairs and I think, okay, we're going to start climbing. Start walking upstairs. How many of you like walking upstairs? We got up the first flight of stairs and I'm thinking, this was a bad idea. <laughs> I don't know about this whole thing. Maybe, maybe we'll climb part of the chief, maybe the chief's boots or something like that. And so we get up a few flights of stairs. We get going. We're hiking for maybe like 15 minutes upstairs. We're hurting. We're, our legs are burning, and someone passes us on the way back down. And we say, hey, are we getting close? <laughs> oh, no, no. You're not even to the first lookout. Okay, all right, well, we'll keep at it. I think we can make it. And so we keep climbing. We keep climbing. We're going up. The legs are burning. We start taking more breaks. So we're climbing three or four sets of stairs. And then we, that's a nice rock there. I'm going to sit on it for a minute. And all the while, people are passing us, both going up and coming down. At one point, a guy carrying a baby passed us. And I thought, I am really in bad shape. And so we keep climbing. We get to the lookout, the first lookout. And it looks out over this waterfall, and I'm thinking, we got to be close to the top. we got to be there. This is a beautiful view. Maybe, maybe this is a good time to stop. But no, we weren't there. And so we kept climbing. I would say we asked probably five different people that were passing us on the way down as we were climbing up. We probably asked five different people like, hey, how much further is this thing? Are we going to make it? And, uh, and these people kept saying, so towards like the third, fourth, fifth person, they kept saying, oh, you're almost there. It's just a little bit further. Just keep going. Okay, all right, that's, all right, we'll make it. Gave us some false hope. We kept climbing. We kept taking more breaks. But eventually, eventually, we were going to make it. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, as we were climbing those steps, as my legs were burning, as I was out of breath, as I was covered in sweat, as I was realizing that I should do more physical activity, I thought this was going to last forever. I started to think, you know what, these stairs are never going to end. Every time someone says we're close, we come around a corner and there's another seven flights of stairs. And then we cut him around another corner, and there's another seven flights of stairs. And I started to think, this experience is never going to end. I'm miserable. But we made it. And I want you to know that that was one of the coolest experiences of my life. I'm emotional these last few weeks. I'm sorry. I stood up on top of that mountain, and I looked out over a beautiful valley with water and mountains and I couldn't help but think of the glory of God. And that forever, that moment, those moments of climbing and legs burning and hurting all of a sudden melted away. And I just got to enjoy God's creation. And it, it was incredible. I tell you that story because 
That moment of thinking we're never going to get there, this is never going to happen, I'm miserable, I should quit, I don't know how I'm going to make it, that moment, I believe is something that all of us face in different places in our lives. Maybe it's a sickness that you've gone through. Maybe you've had something wrong. Maybe you've, maybe you've been in a bad place physically and you, you just felt like you were never going to get better. Maybe you were in a job search. I know, you know, sometimes things happen and we're looking for a job and our financial situation isn't quite right and we're, we're trying to figure out how we're going to make it and we think, I'm never going to get to the place I need to be. When I was thinking about this sermon, I was thinking about our teens because I remember a few times when I thought, I was going to be grounded forever. And we think, oh man, I'm never going to get past this. My legs are burning. I'm hurting. I'm sweating. I just don't know if I can make it. This is going to last forever. I got good news for you today. And this is why I'm so excited about this message in God's word. Because no matter what you're facing, no matter what the difficulties in your life, no matter what it is, the legs burning, the tiredness, no matter what it is, sickness, grounding, hurting, experiencing loss, those things are temporary. They are not forever. Our word of the day forever is not about your pain and your struggle. It's about something else. And so today we're going to look at Psalm 89. We're going to read the first four verses. We're going to jump down to verse 19. But let's just start. And, and I want you to see the key word, our word of the day, over and over again. It says, I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known to all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever. That you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, and I will establish your line forever and make your, your throne firm through all generations. Three times in the first four verses, we see the word, our word of the day, forever. And all three times, it's talking about God's faithfulness and God's kingdom are forever. That's good news today. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know if your legs are burning. I don't know if you're looking up thinking, I'm never going to make it to the top. But I want you to understand that the only thing that we have to worry about, the only thing that we should be focused on today is the fact that God's love and God's faithfulness and God's kingdom are forever. Verses 3 and 4 talk about a covenant that God made with, with King David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. He says, your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me and your throne will be established forever. Two more uses of the word of the day. I'm getting points for these. Your kingdom will be established and it will last forever. There you go, the word of the day. And so, so this promise, this covenant in 2 Samuel 7, this happens a thousand years, a thousand plus years before Jesus comes to earth. And so what we see right here is that God's kingdom has been at work for a long, long time. And about 3,000 plus years ago, God came to David and said, I'm going to establish your throne. I'm going to establish your kingdom and it's going to last forever. Now, when I say King David's kingdom, I want you to understand we're not talking about King David's kingdom. We're talking about the kingdom of God. 
God had been at work, and David was his chosen servant, his chosen king for that time. But God says, my kingdom will last forever. Let's pick it up in in verse 19. Once you spoke in a vision to your faithful people, and you said, I have bestowed strength on a warrior. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I have found David, my servant. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. The enemy will not get the better of him. I'm sorry, I skipped one. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him. The wicked will not oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him. And, and through my name, his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. And he will call out to me, you are my father, my God, the rock, my savior. And I will appoint him to be my firstborn, the most exalted of kings of the earth. And I will maintain my love to him forever. And my covenant with him will never fail. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as the heavens endure. And so in Psalm 89, we see this great covenant, this great promise that God makes with David. He says, your line, your, your throne will last forever, but we understand this is God's kingdom, this is God's throne. David is a chosen servant. And so then we see the fulfillment a little bit later in David having Solomon, his son, who would later take over the kingdom and continue his line. And a few weeks ago, we read through the genealogy, and and there's genealogies throughout Scripture. That was in our Christmas series, our Advent series. And we saw that King David was one in 42 generations that get us to Jesus, the ultimate fulfillment of God's kingdom and the ultimate king to take the throne of God's kingdom. And so today, we see this progression, and then Jesus, the reason we're here today, is that Jesus opened the door to other people. King David was the king of Israel, but Jesus opens the door to other people to be a part of the kingdom, and today you are here because you are a part of a kingdom that's been at work for 3,000 plus years and will be at work forever. Forever. I used it again. I didn't even mean to that time. God's kingdom is forever. But here's the thing. It's hard for us to comprehend, and sometimes I even think it's hard for us to believe that God's kingdom is going to be forever. See, we, we face things. We face things. We face those moments along that climb where we think, I'm never going to make it. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. And we think that forever is really about our torment, our pain, our suffering, the powers that be over us, and we, we don't understand that God's kingdom is what's forever. And so I'm going to have Pastor Emily come up, because I think it might have been hard to believe a long time ago that God's kingdom could last forever, but what I want them to help us see is that we have tons of proof that God's kingdom is powerful and has staying power. So they're going to come up, and they're going to help us see God's kingdom compared to other kingdoms um, that, that we've seen on earth. So come on up, kids, and lead us a little bit. Preach to us a little bit. Well, 
I brought some friends up here with me today to just help us understand just how special God's kingdom really is. So these friends are going to represent some of the famous kingdoms or empires that have existed throughout history. So I'm going to take a second. They need to get some props on because they need to look like they're ready to conquer the world. So... Alrighty, and I'm going to put them in order. Okay. All right, so these guys represent um, different kingdoms, and the thing about kingdoms is that they rise, but they also fall, right? So to help us get the visual of what this looks like, I want you guys to just march in place. Can you just... And here's the rule. You have to keep marching until I tell you to stop or until I tell you that you're empire, your kingdom has fallen. Here's the fun part. If your empire falls, uh, you have to actually physically fall to the ground, okay? So we're going to give bonus points. The more dramatic you are, you get a bonus point or however many bonus points I decide. Okay, so let's get started. Keep marching. If you know anything about history, which I do because I spent a lot of time Googling it this weekend, uh, I'm pretty much an expert, then you know that there have been some pretty great empires over time. For example, the Macedonian Empire, represented by Mason right here, it briefly became the largest empire of the world in the fourth century BC, okay? The biggest success of this empire came from the leadership of Alexander the Great. However, Alexander the Great's leadership it only lasted 13 years, and it fell apart when he died. So really, although it's known as one of the largest empires, it was quite possibly the shortest empire in ancient history. All right, your kingdom has fallen. Oh, that was good. I love it. I <laughs> All righty. So the Macedonian Empire has fallen. All right, our next empire you're probably familiar with, it's the Roman Empire. Um, it honestly was one of history's greatest empires. It began in 27 BC, and the Romans are known for conquering land. They've inspired governments, legal systems. The Roman Empire also helped spread Christianity throughout the rest of the world. Uh, this empire divided into two parts. So the Western Empire, it fell in 476 AD, and the Eastern Roman Empire continued on for a thousand more years. So that's a pretty long time, over a thousand years but it still fell, so. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, so we're down another empire. All right, our next empire we're gonna look at is the Spanish Empire, and you're probably familiar with this empire because of Christopher Columbus, who sailed the ocean blue in 1492, I think. So. The Spanish Empire was known for exploring, colonizing North and South America, and the empire began in the days of Columbus. It lasted until the latter part of the 20th century, so I think if I did the math right, around 500 years. Unfortunately, this empire did not last either. It fell. <laughs> wow. Alrighty. 
<laughs> All right, next up, the British Empire. This empire was the largest empire in human history by population and by land. At one point around the year 1920, the British Empire ruled 24% of the world. So this was a big empire. There's a mix of opinions of when it began. Some people think the 1490s, others the early 1600s. But it came to an end after World War II um, when colonies started um, ruling themselves independently. So it's hard to say how long this empire lasted, but it really doesn't matter because like all of these empires, it also fell. Oh. All righty. All right. Oh, Emily, are you still marching over there? Emily represents a very special kingdom. She represents God's kingdom. And you know what? You can actually just keep marching because you could just go on forever because your kingdom is extra special. Here's why. Your kingdom is extra special because it does not end. It's not going to fall like all these other empires. It is forever. And that's a really special kingdom to be a part of because it's different than what the world has. It's God's kingdom. So Pastor Alex is going to talk more about that. But can we give our kid volunteers a great big round of applause? You guys did great. Emily, you need to keep marching. I expect you to keep marching forever. Sorry. Can't stop. Well, thank you, kids. I, I appreciate you leading us. So what, what I was trying to get you to see right there, and what I think they did a good job of getting you to see, is that the greatest kingdoms that have ever existed on the face of the earth pale in comparison to God's kingdom and what God's kingdom has already done. So God came to King David over 3,000 years ago and said, this kingdom is going to last forever, and it's already outlasted the greatest kingdoms that have ever been on earth. That's incredible. Today, I don't know if you came here in confidence in God's word and God's kingdom, but today, you're a part of something that is the greatest kingdom ever and will be. There will never be another kingdom like God's kingdom because God's kingdom is forever. And so, so I wanted us to look for a second, what makes God's kingdom different? Well, if, if God's kingdom is lasting forever, it's already outlasted all of these other great ones, the Roman Empire, all of these great kingdoms. What makes God's kingdom different? Let's talk about those other kingdoms. They were powerful. They had great leaders. They, they were strong in their military. They, were, they took power and they kept it for periods of time. They were built on wealth. They were built on military power. They were built on brilliant strategy. They were built on political power. They were marked by thrones and castles and fortresses and cities and flags. Is there a common theme with all of the things that I just mentioned? They're all temporary. They're all temporary. Castles fall. Things deteriorate. All of the things that I just mentioned, political power ends. All of those things are temporary. Let's look at God's kingdom. It, the leader of God's kingdom is Jesus, who came to earth and died but that wasn't the end, was it? And Jesus is still alive today. And so Jesus is the center of the kingdom and it's built on surrender and love and sacrifice and compassion and it's marked by a cross, but more importantly, it's marked by an empty tomb. 
And so the kingdom of God isn't built on temporary things. It's built on an eternal God that was and is and is to come. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. Our kingdom is built on an eternal God. And so it's not going to end because our kingdom isn't about thrones and castles and military power and all those things. And and I just want to take a second and say sometimes we miss this in the church. And we think we've got to make a kingdom that looks like these other kingdoms. We've got to get power. We've got to get political power. We've got to build strong fortresses. We've got to be huge. We've got to be in control. But that's never been the strength of God's kingdom. God's kingdom is built on compassion and serving and loving. And here's the coolest part of this. These other kingdoms, throughout time, it didn't seem like God's kingdom was in control. It didn't seem like it because they had the people in charge on earth. And there have been times throughout history that God's people have been persecuted, have been killed, have been hurt throughout history. But God's kingdom can't end because of earthly power. Because God's kingdom has nothing to do with earthly power. And we all know that if our life comes to an end, it's not over. We serve an eternal God and we have eternity to look forward to in God's kingdom. Are you getting the picture here? God's kingdom is forever. It's not built on temporary things. It's built on the eternal God. And we can't get that mixed up. It's great to have big churches. And it's great to have politicians that are, are, are thinking about Christianity and, and, and enacting policies and things that help us. And it's great to have people that listen. And it's great to be in power. But none of that makes us who we're called to be. What makes us who we're called to be is being faithful and being a people like Christ, loving, compassionate, serving. And this kingdom will never end because nothing on earth can take away the power of God's kingdom because it rests in the eternal God. And so the question is, why do we struggle? If we know that, why do we struggle? Why do we fall Why do we fail? I was thinking about this this week. And it seems to me that in life, the things that are the loudest in our ears and our minds are usually not eternal things. They're temporary things. I was thinking about this this week. My kids, they they love to talk about temporary things. They come up to me and say, where's the iPad? I need the iPad. Give me the iPad. Come on, I need the iPad. And guess what? The iPad doesn't, it's a temporary thing. In fact, we've, it's lost right now, so they can't even play on the iPad. Or they come up to me and say, oh, toys, 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 let me see the toys, I want to play with toys. Those are temporary things. And the things that I hear all week are temporary. They're not eternal, they're temporary. The things that put the most pressure on us, it seems, are temporary things. Our job, our finances, paying our bills, getting through the day, our relationships, these are all temporary things. They're not eternal. So the loudest things in our life are usually temporary things. This is how the enemy works. See, when you're climbing that mountain, the enemy likes to say, you can't make it. Do you feel that burn in your legs? That's because you're not in good shape. And there's no way you're going to get to the top, so just give up. 
And the enemy likes to say, you're not good enough. You blew it. You messed up and you don't deserve God's goodness. And the enemy likes to say, this is all your fault. Nobody's here for you. You're by yourself. You're alone. Nobody's here to help you. And see, the loudest things in our head, and you know this because you've experienced this this week, the loudest things in our head are temporary things. They're not the eternal. And so, so how do we keep our minds focused on the eternal? I was thinking about this, and as the kids showed us, the greatest kingdoms, the greatest powers, the Roman Empire, those are footnotes in the story of history. Those are footnotes. If the Roman Empire is a footnote of history, then guess what? The problem that you're facing, the sickness that you're dealing with, the things that are, you're thinking are forever, those are footnotes of footnotes of footnotes of footnotes of footnotes. They are so small compared to eternity. And so the greatest thing we can do, the key to being joyful in everything is understanding God's eternal love and God's kingdom. Going back to the, the chief, the mountain. We didn't think we were going to make it. We thought it was going to be forever. We heard the, the loud voices saying, you're not in good enough shape. You're not good enough. You're not going to make it. Look at that guy carrying four kids that just passed you. You're just not going to get there. But I made it. And when I got to the top, I experienced something that was far better than anything I've experienced in a long time. It was all great. It was better than I could have ever imagined. And so in this series, we, we've been working through four things. Number one, it all starts with God's word. Let me tell you why it all starts with God's word. Because God's word, in God's word, we get a glimpse of God's eternal kingdom. We get to see what God's kingdom is like. And we get to glimpse God's eternal kingdom. The second week we talked about the fact that we are called to be holy. We are called to be just like Christ. And scripture gives us the picture of Jesus who came and lived and was holy and was right, paved the way for us. And so we're called to be holy. And we have an example of how to be holy. Last week we talked about praising God in everything, even the difficult times. And the reason we can do that is because we know those times are temporary and God's kingdom and God's faithfulness and God's love are eternal, are forever. And so today, I don't know what you're dealing with, but I've got some practical steps for us to follow to make sure that we keep our mind and our heart focused on God's eternal kingdom. Number one, stop worrying about things that won't last. Stop worrying about things that won't last. I know it seems like it's everything in your world. I know it seems like it's going to last forever. It's not. That's a lie. Quit spending all your time and energy worrying and thinking about things that are temporary. Number two, remind yourself what really matters. What really matters is what's eternal, is God's kingdom. Number three, invest your energy in what will last. So if what really matters is God's kingdom, then we need to invest our time and energy into God's kingdom. And number four, find your joy in eternity, not in temporary things, 
Not in power, not in thrones, not in castles, not in cars, not in houses, not in jobs. Find your joy in eternity. Yesterday, we had the funeral of one of the great members of this church, Mary Wells. And over the last few years, we've had the opportunity to visit her um, and so yesterday, um, Pastor Dale led us in that funeral, and one of the things that you couldn't miss if you were at Mary Wells' funeral is this. She knew what mattered. She knew what was eternal, even in the last few years when she was in the most pain and was hurting, and she had moments where she was hurting and didn't know if she could make it, but guess what? She kept her mind on Christ, and she stayed joyful. And... and she also invested as much time and energy as she could in the kingdom of God. Every day, the people that she ran into, she shared God's love and God's hope with them. She had it. And guess what? She was a joyful person. Another theme throughout the funeral was how much fun she was to be around and how good of a person was and how happy and joyful she was. The key to us praising God all the time, the key to us praising God even in the difficult times is understanding that the difficult times are temporary and God's kingdom is forever. And so today we understand and I believe that Mary is experiencing the kingdom of God like she never has. She's experiencing the kingdom of God like when we got to the top of that mountain and saw something that was better than we ever expected. And so today, stop worrying about things that won't last. Remind yourself what really matters. Invest your energy in things that will last and find your joy in eternity. We're gonna end with, with communion, but first I wanna read you the end of Psalm 89. See, there's a lot of difficulty in Psalm 89. I didn't read it all. But the, the author clearly had been through a tough time. But at the end, even though the author says, oh, I'm hurting, oh, I don't, where are you, God? At the end, the last verse, verse 52, says this, praise be to the Lord, can you say it with me? Forever. Amen and amen. The band is going to come up, and I want our ushers to come forward. We're going to take communion. We're going to respond by, by experiencing communion. And if you're new here, communion is all about the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And in taking communion, we understand, we, we understand that God's grace and God's mercy is flowing to us. And so I'm going to go ahead. We're going to do this a little differently today. Usually we play a song while we pass out communion. But I want us to go ahead and start passing that out. And, and then we're going to sing together for a little bit. We're gonna, I want you, for this first part, though, I want you to pray. I want you to focus your mind in your heart. I want you to think about the things that you've been dealing with on your journey. And I want you to think about, is this something that is going to last? Are the things that I'm dealing with and I'm putting my energy into things that will really last? Or are they the eternal things? Are they temporary things? I want you to remind yourself in this time what really matters I want, you to pray. I, I want you to pray that you'll be able to invest your energy and your time into something that will last. And I want you to find joy today in a way that you can't find anywhere else. And so maybe there's some of you here today. And you would say, man, I've had a tough week. 
Man, I've been in the middle of this problem. I've been in the middle of this situation. My legs are burning. I'm on my climb, but I I can't see the end. I can't see that I'm going to make it. There may be some of you today that are tempted. You're, You're hearing the loudness of all the negative thoughts. I want you today to understand that Jesus came and Jesus gave everything so that we could be a part of God's kingdom which is eternal. And so if you're here today and you're saying, man, I'm in the middle of it. I don't see how it's going to work out. I want you to focus your mind on God's love as we share communion. As there are some of you today that would say, you know, I, I know what's important. I know what's eternal, but man, I've been investing my time in the wrong things. I've been investing my time in temporary things. I've been worrying way too much about things that in the grand scheme of things just don't matter. If that's you this morning, I want you to really focus your your mind and heart and say, God, I want to give everything to you and to your kingdom. And, And if you're here today and you're on that climb and you feel yourself getting closer and you just want to get to the top and you want to experience God's glory and God's kingdom, I want your prayer to be, God, bring me closer to you. Help me to continue to move in your direction. Help me to continue to be faithful to you. I'm going to pray with us, and then I want you to experience God's love through communion. Hold the elements, and we're going to read God's word in a minute, and we're going to take communion together. But as you hold those elements, I want you to really pray. And I want you to say, God, show me what matters. Father, I thank you so much for each person that's here, and I thank you that that when we're having our most difficult times, Lord, we can come together and we can worship you. Father, I pray that you would be with us. I pray that you would show us your love and your grace. I pray that you would show us your kingdom today and that we could praise your name. We love you, Jesus. As you continue to get the elements, I just want you to focus your heart and I want you to pray, God, Help me to understand what matters.